And they all had they all have penis straws and they're laughing. Hi, welcome to Running the Light. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your other host, David. Uh, this week we talked to Lincoln comedian Josiah Johnson about the 2005 movie The Comedians of Comedy with Patton Oswald, Maria Bamford, uh, Brian Posehn, and uh, who was the uh, Zach, Zach Galifianakis. It's a uh, it was a fantastic conversation. We mostly focused this one on you know what alt comedy is, uh, how it's evolved, and also just how comedy is a vehicle to make shitty stories funny. <laughs> And it's we have and we share a lot of shitty stories. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, some of them for the first time in a while, or at least on a public platform, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's gonna be fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to see more from me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at David underscore Kausgard. That's K O U S G A A R D. Or you can uh, visit davidcowsguard.com for tour dates but with the coronavirus there's not too many of those uh where can people find more about you jeremy if you want to hear about me and my sonic shit posting uh i'm on instagram and twitter <laughs> that's funny to me uh i'm on instagram and twitter uh plum jeremy that's p-l-u-m-b um and uh also if you want to find running the light uh just look for running the light on facebook instagram twitter and now myspace just look for the big red light yeah we're we're on all of them uh yeah Thank you again for listening, and enjoy the show. Bye. Stay dope, ski slopes. I went, oh man, it's it's plaid weather. I'm going to go get my plaid shirt and talk about comedy, because it's fall. Oh, I like you... this. This feels good and normal and uh, <laughs> familiar. Yeah. And then I cracked open a PBR, because fuck you, it's noon-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not noon yet. You have it's a problem. It's noon-ish. <laughs> it's noon-ish. Also... It's fall. It's football season. You're telling me you never cracked open a beer during an early football game? Uh, first of all, you have no idea what my drinking habits were when I was in college during football season. I didn't I say dr- during college. I now. was I was drunk at six a.m. Oh, <laughs> most, most most game days. Uh, but guess what? <laughs> there's no there's no Nebraska football game days this year. This is my Husker football. Talking with my friends. David, um, I know I've told it to you before, but it's even more pronounced when we're just in audio form. You you just you sound so much like an evil Tom Hanks. Like I cannot <laughs> like it's it's so so startling to me. Especially uh, when I can't see your face. It's like Didn't you uh, bring him up and like then David just did jokes about about Tom Hanks for like two minutes. Yeah, no. I probably maybe at some point. I don't know. What I did was uh, you had mentioned at one of the backline mics that I sounded like uh, Tom Hanks. And so I just started saying lines from Tom Hanks movies between people's sets. Oh, yeah. That's and we'll it. have people guess them to try to keep the minimal crowd that was there that night engaged. Wilson. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do like how you say I'm the evil Tom Hanks, though. Like the, I sound like evil Tom. I'm the guy who oh, yeah. gave Tom, Tom Hanks isn't, a, isn't an evil you. He's yeah. not going to stoop. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I'm the guy who gave Tom Hanks coronavirus so I could take his voice over work. That could. That's, that could be. 
Tomo's brother does the does the voiceover work. Tom Hanks' uh, brother? Yeah. Whenever whenever there's like a Pix like a Toy Story game, um, and if it doesn't immediately say Tom Hanks on it, yeah. know that it's his brother. Oh, that's so Woody. rich. That's because so they, funny. They sound exactly alike, and they probably couldn't get Tom to take a break from his schedule to go do <laughs> that. No, no, it's what's probably his worst is like I think his name's like I want to say his name's Tim, but it's like Jeremy, that's dumb. It's not Tim and Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, but it might be uh, Tom Hanks' brother. It's like, hey, um, your brother Tom is really expensive. You're not, so. <laughs> You want to be Woody for like a PS One game where you're a skateboarder? Oh man, we're gonna pay, we're gonna pay you with the six pack of Labats and an old was, Playboy. Can you do this for us? I was so right. It's Jim Hanks. Jim, that's close. Wow, oh, that is so close. Oh, I hate that. Wow. He was also, okay, do you remember Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The movie. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, it that a cartoon? That was a cartoon. Yeah, but it was a it was a TV movie first, or like a directed DVD movie. Yeah, but I remember that. You want to know why, dude? I know exactly what that fucking movie is. Jim Hanks is in that. When I was a kid, I used to love that movie, and I had this is still a vivid memory to this day. This extremely lucid dream that felt like reality of going off to fight like universe problems with the crew from that movie. <laughs> Uni- the universe hot, problems. There was like a hot there was like a hot astronaut lady, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she, was, yeah. she was standing over me on my bed and I was probably like seven or eight and that You way. know, I don't I don't like where this is going. This is <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I just want to point out that he was in that also a little yes. short called Tiny Tiny Toy Stories. No, um, let's so, go back. Let's go back to Josiah telling us about his first wife. I was game. just, yeah, that was my first. <laughs> yeah, that was no. that was all I had to say. You just finished it off for me. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's called a pop at the end of a joke. I yeah, yeah it just it makes it work. Uh, yeah, welcome yeah. to Bring the Light. Four minutes into this, um, but shit, it's always in progress. And now we're a Wet Dreams podcast. Um, Yay! Yeah. So <laughs> this is what I bring to the table. <laughs> That's the energy you have all the time. Yeah. What do you What do you drink sometimes on the podcast, Jeremy? This is why. This is also I'm bored. Like, yeah, yeah. If I could smoke in my house, I'd do it. That sounds good. All of it. Like it all. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, I'm your I'm... host, Jeremy Plum. <laughs> With me, as always, is my co-host. I'm David Kalsgard, and today we are talking. To Josiah Johnson from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, comedian yeah. out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Lincoln's Josiah, favorite comedy boy. Yes, for his Lincoln's favorite internet sad boy. I am. Uh, you can. I. I will be sad on the internet. This is true. <laughs> Jesus. Well, the only reason I brought that up is because you made it sound like it was such a goal you wanted to achieve. Yeah, I you mean know. that's what that's what people want. You give the people what they want. So now that now that you're on your throne of sad boys, uh-huh. and you've hit that, what uh-huh. does it feel? What is How? not? What does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? How does yeah. it feel to be known for uh, being sad online? I good, I guess. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't quite. I feel like okay. I 
I may have a warped reality of it all. Because I don't most, know why that made me laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, most of the people that I follow and interact with are also quite sad, much sadder than myself. So yeah, in, in my warped reality view, I, I'm not all that sad, but to most, um, it may come across differently. Yeah, so. You're, you're the most optimistic of the pessimist. It could, I, I like that, actually. I, like I that. I've always felt like I'm not that depressed and I'm not, I, my, my mental stuff isn't that pronounced. And then I go on stage and people say, this guy's super dark. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Wait. And it's like, yeah, you're just, you're just really depressed all the time and talk about suicide a lot. And I go, I don't, I'm not that much. Yeah. And then I realized that most people do it none. And I was like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's it. You know what? Uh, there it is. My well, six times is a lot to your none <laughs> yeah and i think a lot of that also has to do with living in nebraska where that, <laughs> people don't talk people don't talk about those things ever yeah. you're right if we lived in a city people are different you know yeah if, if we lived in a state that uh that still doesn't see depression as just a man being weak uh-huh we Walk could it actually, off. yeah Rub some dirt in it. Uh-huh. It's my brain. Like... How do I rub some dirt in my fucking brain? So I asked my therapist that, and then she said, don't call me. So <laughs> that's how. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Uh... <laughs> um... Yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, you always know how to make it sadder. Oh no, I can I can make it worse. I can talk about what's going on. <laughs> okay, so that's real... my favorite threat. Um... Real quick, before we want before we jump into what we're talking about today, I do want to, and maybe we'll edit this all out. I don't know. I uh-huh. want to talk to Josiah real quick about the just vicious assault you were launching against the university of nebraska lincoln yeah man because they're not releasing what is it they're not releasing their coronavirus results they finally did they finally did the night before the drop deadline for a full refund which wow i'll give them this i was expecting them to drop it the day after the drop What if they just got the days wrong? It looked like that's what they were ramping up to. Yeah, that may have been just too transparently shitty. But um, (laughs) yeah, basically, no college should be doing on-campus instruction right now. I really thought UNL was going to call it. But I'm not surprised because um, I didn't have a great time at that school from a logistical standpoint. And I don't think admin really has the students' interests at heart. So yeah, I was I was really going in on them. It yeah. felt good. It felt good. I think the first thing I tweeted that really like blew it wide open was I tweeted the something I'd heard about there being like 36 cases on campus that they hadn't reported. And then everyone freaked out and panicked because they hadn't reported anything. So then mm-hmm. this piece that to me i got from someone that i trust and view as reliable but um this piece of information that couldn't really be confirmed kind of gained all this steam and everyone was like why aren't you releasing the information and now they are releasing it and there are cases on campus and it's not looking great so yeah i don't understand why a lot of these colleges went to 
it's honor. a money thing. I mean, it's it's all fucked up. College. How how long has it been since you were in college? What fifteen I, years? I, <laughs> Fuck off. I'm 40, 40 I'm years. Fuck off. Fuck off. It's 20. He was there in 94 when the Huskers got number one and won the bowl game. Teeter yeah. with fucking respect. He's a I... boomer. You saw Kurt Cobain play at Duffy's. You told oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You were, you were there when he shot himself, right? I, I helped him buy the gun. You uh, got him it, the towel. The, um... We're going to cut this part out. Yeah. The uh, oh, let's do two seconds of silence real quick. Okay. Anyway, no. I the last time I was in uh, the when I graduated in college, it was December of two thousand fifteen. Uh huh. Uh, I was so hoping you said the last two numbers so I can really fuck with it. So you didn't have to put up with Ronnie Green, then I suppose. No. When also I went to, I mean, I went to UNO. Okay. Never so mind. I. We, I mean, we still had to deal with some of UNL's bullshit because sister school. Yeah, we have a lot of the same regents. Yeah, uh, and UNO also. Not, I didn't have the best time at UNO. Yeah, again, from a logistical standpoint. Uh-huh. Um, so I want to chime in. I went to University of Nebraska at Kearney. Another oh, sister school. Yeah, but, that's, not, that's not the sister school. That's like the drunk inbred hey, cousin school. Okay, <laughs> I didn't drink. We, were just, we were just the drunk cousin. That's, I didn't the, drink that much, but there was also a party where like a couch was on fire on someone's lawn. Oh, they um, Everyone say hi to Mark because apparently he wants to be to- fucking heard. Is hi, that the Mark. Cat? Hi, Mark. Yeah. We, we don't. Uh... We don't talk about UNK a whole lot out in public, but I mean, they still show up to Thanksgiving. (laughs) They're family. Uh, They're like 35, but we still sit them at the kids' table. (laughs) It's complicated. It's it's more stimulating conversation. (laughs) They have some really good English professors and art professors and music professors and great great speech uh, communications professors. Uh, Aaron Blackman, who is not listening to this, was my speech coach. Um, Send it to him, man. Tell him to listen. Thank you. You were great. Uh, and also, uh, Rochelle and Grant, you guys are all great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a good example of you and Kay. <laughs> I'm drinking at 1145. Like, that's not a good example. Well, actually, you know what? There's extenuating circumstances. Everything's so shitty right now. It's kind of... <laughs> You'll get a pass. As far as UNL goes, though, like I, because the Lincoln comedy scene is so much younger than Omaha. And when I say so much younger, I mean, you guys got a lot of 21 year olds running around. Yeah. Who are still in the college or fresh out. Yeah. Or fresh out of the college. You can just say in college. Stop saying the college. That's weird. I mean, they could always get out. This is why I think you're 40, is you talk this way. That's why you're our boomer. <laughs> yeah. You're our boomer. I'm fine. No. 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 Anyway, getting back to my yeah. point, uh, it does seem like this college has been making more choices that are adverse to the student body yeah the entire like as a as a whole not just during the coronavirus pandemic yeah 
And this that's just also silly. It's listen, college is shit. Uh-huh. Drop out, own a podcast like me, and yeah. you're not going to go far, but you're not going to go far with college anyway. So well, like, oh, you will go far in the sense that you might not take out $40,000 in student loans. Oh, no, I did three years. I did that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just don't go in the first place. Don't go yeah. and drop out. Just don't go in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, yeah. Get a library card. Start reading. There you That's... go. They're free. Yeah. Yeah. They're free. Yeah. And and work or you know honestly work get, get into a trade job get your get yourself into a union mm-hmm. yeah. get yourself fucking taken care. Had I, I mean I'm not sure if I would have ended up getting to comedy that way, but had I if I could make the choice over again, that's what I would do. I want you to know we're episode yeah. sixty and this is our first person first piece of good advice. Yeah, this is the first practical piece of advice we've ever actually given to anybody. Yeah. And we have somebody who's college age. He's a super fan. Listen, don't go to college. <laughs> show this one to your parents show this one to your parents don't go to college it's for like sure. listen for sure you can get, you can you, you can read catch on the right without going to college yeah mm-hmm. and, and do plenty or, of other college things yeah as long as you live near a college and you are the age you can still go to the parties they can't exactly. kick you out um yeah they don't this episode is brought to you by skillshare <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, fuck. Okay, so Skillshare is an online resource <laughs> that it's like a college class on your laptop. Um, oh, my God. All that's... these things. I'm learning animation right now. So go to Skillshare.com forward slash running the light for 15% off. Skillshare, it's oh. what you need. Wait, is this uh, a real ad? Is no. This- oh, okay. I was like, no, sure. It's not an official sponsor of <laughs> Running the Light Podcast. Please do not <laughs> enter that promo code. I was no, do really- it. Do it. Let's see what happens. Maybe you get 20. I don't know. Dude, that was probably the funniest joke you've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> I was really, I was, I thought it was a joke at first, and then I was like, wait a minute, he, there was a URL he just shared. <laughs> you just, you just gotta sell it. I don't actually know what Skillshare's commercials are like. Yeah. I, I just skip them on YouTube. Hold on, isn't that illegal? Like, you're not allowed to say the name of a fake website as like a promo thing if you're not, I don't, I don't know. I'll bleep it, I'll bleep all, it. All, all I know is, uh, like, the Conan O'Brien's website for a while was something ridiculous like bigfatwhale.com or something. Oh, man. Because they said it as a joke on the show, and I think at the time like you couldn't say the name of a website that didn't actually exist or something. What I don't is know. Is that an FCC thing? That's I, think, FCC, I think it right? might have been. Oh, wow. I could, ju- I could just be misremembering something that I had learned in my business law class when I was hungover as fuck. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, here's the thing. No one listens to it. So fuck it. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> I love it. I love the energy. Also, think- that joke was great. Like, fuck it. I fuck it. That joke was great. <laughs> it was, it was, like I said, the, the best one you've ever, how's it feel that it can't be repeated? On stage, it's it's fine. I've I've, I've I've grown accustomed to it. Actually, it's very close to what I used to do for Wrench's Throne. 
do an ad read after every punchline. Oh my god, dude, that was the wrenches throne was one of the worst comedy experiences I ever. <laughs> yeah. I hated uh, that show so much. <laughs> okay, for those who were asking, it's like, why did he just insult Jeremy? It wasn't <laughs> my show. It was uh yeah, you were just you helped, yeah. I was given it and I went. I'm not doing anything, and yeah. this, this is a somewhat steady 10 bucks. So yeah. I just did it, and I would always try and make it good. I would always. <laughs> it was just. That's so depressing. <laughs> yeah. There were, there were some challenges in the Wrenches Throne thing that were legitimately fun, like truly fun to do. But then there were others where it was like, this is. And they were all written by me, and here's why. Because you guys saw me like, hey, why is he always that sock puppet or the clown nose? Because there's 30 dicks in there, and I have to get rid of them. And it's like, fuck, what do I got on the fly? Uh, clown nose, uh, do an ad read, say a, say a fear. Uh, and that one was mine originally. So what? for anyone so say, listening... Say a deep personal fear after each joke. My favorite, it was, uh, oh, God, I forgot her name, but she was a Lincoln comic who had came from Denver. Uh, was it Heather? Wait. Oh, Mallory Wallace. Mallory oh, Wallace. Mallory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she did a joke and had nothing to do with it. She, she paused and went, where does grandma go when she dies? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I don't think anyone else was laughing but me in the background. Because I had, I had actually just recently lost someone, and I was fucking losing it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, for, I, any, for anyone who just listened to all that and doesn't know, Wrench's Throne was a show where you had to do your like your material, but with a catch that you pulled out of a hat. And the time I did it, there were two people in the crowd on a date, and my wrench. They were the only audience. Yeah, my wrench was that I had to do it like a youth pastor. I had to do my... All right, that was fun. <laughs> so I just kind of, I stumbled through it and and I like sat down on the chair backwards and I like tried to really connect with these two people and it just wasn't working and it was terribly embarrassing and I, I ended up just apologizing to them. <laughs> I'm sorry you had a bad time. Yeah, um, but it, it, you know, that's I live for that. I live for the bad times. I can't <laughs> wait to get back to the bad times. Honestly, it, it, it makes you appreciate the good times exactly. even even more. Yeah. So but, after I got let go from that show, and that show is never around anymore because I don't think anyone else is stupid enough to say yes to it. Um, I ended up the month after that. Uh, Nathan Holtz of Boss's Comedy, or it might have been Luke. Luke of Boss's Comedy text me. He was like, hey, do you want to bring Wrench's Throne up to South Dakota? And I went, yeah, but let's change the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Let's just, let's just change it. I just feel like maybe we could do something else. And then I had booked David. I was like, I don't know what the fuck to call it. And you said, let's call it Sabotage. And I went, can we play the Beastie Boys? And he went, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I. I don't even think I did that show though. I had to drop off yeah, when drop. you went up to South Dakota. That's my favorite Wrench's Throne tradition, um, and that is two or three people dropping out right before the show starts. Um, uh, uh, that's my, my favorite tradition. Mine was for a legitimate reason. I got, a, I got a different offer for a show that just you know I couldn't. The ulcer. The ulcer didn't care. I couldn't the pass it up. The the ulcer uh, didn't care. Yeah, yeah. See, you 
I go on. I think a gimmick show like that could be really fun in a a bit of a bigger scene where like people are actually a little established mm-hmm. and like the audience knows who who's there and like it's it's all goofy and fun but when it's just Josiah from Lincoln and going up <laughs> in front of two people trying to have a date it was like mm-hmm. ah ooh. When you- I've told about the word. That's where the show of the three people screaming, the three white uh, drunk women like screaming at me. Mm-hmm. That's that show. That was the last one. Oh, and, really? And then the owner of that show says, hey, I heard only three people showed. And he had been hinting that I need to quit for a while because uh-huh. his way of booking people was just invite people on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I they know, they now know the con. They're not going to go now. They they're all tainted <laughs> like <laughs> the uh there, there were a couple of times where the, that show got pretty decent turnouts so those were fun so that that's a show that works best when there's a big room yeah. or like josiah said in a big scene which yeah, yeah. there's been a couple had, of there's been a couple of gimmick shows in omaha that have been that way where the best oh. the best it, it would work best in a scene where they have more established people so yeah. that fans who are coming out, if you know, if it's fans or if it's just regular people, they've seen them do yeah, well. Comedy, yeah. And me... now they're seeing them do it in a weird, funky way. Yeah. Uh, one of the shows, uh, that's what she said, was a show where comedians switched jokes. And that show Omaha. went through a lot of revivals because originally it was two comics not even doing their sets. It was like me and Don. Don did my jokes, I did Don's. Well, it wasn't funny because no one knew who the fuck I was. Yeah. Um, and then it got really funny when I did my set, and then we all sat in a round table and pulled jokes out of a hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The original um, iteration would probably work pretty well, though. Like, if you would pitch that show to Comedy Central and you have, like, you have... Yeah, yes. those guys coming up and switching jokes. Or, like, like Kyle Kinane, Maria Bamford switching fuck jokes. Yeah. Like would People who are well established and people who do very different styles of comedy now yeah. doing that. Let me. I, before we leave, Ryan's just thrown. I want to tell you two of the worst times. I'm going to end that one story. Ended with he says, "Hey, you, uh, three people will left and went. Yeah, fuck it, take it. I'm done." But that's <laughs> not the worst show. What was it? It was a wrench thrown where it was put, but it was kind of booked. It was when I when I mean kind of booked, I mean 15 people. Yeah. Um, and it did well, but then there was these two sketchy dudes and went, oh yeah, you're Jeremy Plum. And he, they wrote their name down and I went, these guys are going to be a problem. They're weird. And then we were all chilling at the back. And then these two guys grabbed me and was like, Hey, I really want to talk to you. And I went, okay, in a minute, I'm just going to finish this thing. He's like, no, I need to talk to you. I'm here to repo your car. What? <laughs> and, I, and then I went, then you really need to wait. <laughs> Holy shit, man! I was like, wait. That that is the comedies. That is the that is the true comedian story. I'm not even done. That's a ridiculously Jeremy story for even you, like that. (laughs) And you are Jeremy. Yeah. And so I went. All right, can I at least get my stuff out of my car? Because there's some like. Like I said, I just lost my grandma. There's some stuff in there. Like I had some like letters she wrote and stuff. And my work Mac. They gave me a Mac laptop. And I was like, wait, you can't. I don't think you can take that. That's worth more than the car. Yeah. So just wait. All right. Uh, just tell me where so I can pick it up. 
And then I walked back, and everyone said, hey, man, are you okay? You looked really scared with those guys. And one of them was the owner of the, the club in, uh-huh. in Omaha. You'll know who – you guys all know who it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I went, yeah, they just repoed my car. Um, <laughs> I was with Rome as well. And the booker says – is this a bad time for me to give you your money? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, no, right now is the right time. Yeah. And, and Rome went, yeah, man, they need $11. You gotta, and you gave him 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah, that's why I live in the club now. Um, no one picked me up. <laughs> Dude, the, <laughs> Oh, that I've is, been wanting oh. to turn that into a joke, but I don't know how you how do you heighten that? It's, I mean, the 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 heightened point is naturally there. Like you, you think you're finally getting some recognition. These people that you'd never met before, they recognized you. They knew who <laughs> you were, but only because they were there to repo your car, not because they're fans of your comedy. That's yeah, and they said, Yeah, we were looking you up and they, we found that you were doing the show tonight. So, you know. Oh man. At least at you. least they came in and talked to you though, and you just didn't go outside and you're like, Where the fuck's my car? And I was like, you know what? And and then and then he texted me and went, Listen, you're not funny. Here's oh. some pointers. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Oh, he then meshes that underneath an ad for the show. Oh. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh. So that's why I don't be a... Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh. uh, this is why I do comedy. Well, this is hands down the longest we've ever gone talking Before. on the show without introducing what we're talking about. Any, this is worth it. All of this yeah. was worth it. And, and I think it fits into what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Josiah, what are we talking about today? I can't believe really I told that story. So Jeremy texted me on Thursday asking for um, a comedy special or album that I wanted to talk about. I and, and then I ghosted him for like 40 hours or something. That was great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was 24 hours exactly when i re- when I re-messaged you 24 hours i guess and um and i told totally you read it too it was like you know he's probably going through a lot yeah yeah that's i get i get that excuse anytime like i'm just shitty to people their initial thing to, is to be like man i feel bad for him even though i'm i'm the one like not upholding the societal contract or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I feel bad when I don't reply, but then I always say, "Man, I'm really busy," and everyone goes, "It's cool." Yeah, just know that you're bad at this. I went, "Ah, fuck yeah." <laughs> but anyway, uh, I I haven't watched an album or, excuse me, I haven't watched a special or listened to an album in in months. I have basically not consumed comedy content uh, since the pandemic began because it's like don't I don't know. My mind has not been on on stand up because I'm not able to do it right. So, um, well, it's like when you're for like if somebody has to quit drinking, exactly. And then they go out to a bar, yeah, they, exactly. Like, they want to quit, and then you're around people who are doing the thing that makes it so much harder to. Yeah. Hmm. So I told Jeremy, I said, "Well, has anyone ever talked about the comedians of comedy movie that Patton Oswalt and Brian Pesane and Maria Bamford?" And Zach Galifianakis did in like 2004, I think, 2005. 
This is just okay. If you guys watched it, I apologize because it's actually like poorly produced. It's it's an objectively like no, I just did a word documentary. We yeah, did a word documentary on this podcast, and it was the aristocrats. And it's I've it seen was, this one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this the, one, yeah. The stand-up documentaries can be long and drawn out, and the tempos can be all wrong, and you won't actually enjoy them unless you have like a stupid passion for this thing. But that mm-hmm. was one that I watched like at the when I first started coming around to all the mics. It was just one that stuck in my head, and I've actually been thinking about it a lot recently because I'm, I'm wondering, you know, comedy's been happening through the pandemic, like you know, here and there, and in some bigger cities like Denver, they're able to do like the outside shows and stuff and we've we've interviewed a few new yorkers that do it on the parks yeah yeah and people have been able to figure it out but for uh you know a lot of smaller scenes and and for a lot of you know smaller sub communities and larger scenes it's kind of stopped altogether and i'm thinking about what it looks like when it all is able to proceed safely again and i'm like it's probably gonna be at least in my mind i'm hoping it's going to be just grungy and gross and kind of desperate, like the whole Comedians of Comedy documentary made it seem. So I'm going to put this episode on right after the Patton Oswald episode we did. Yeah. Because I think, like, this is another, like, this is what alt comedy was at that time. Absolutely. We yeah. Just doing it in music venues and, like, just dicking around talking just being kind of punk rock about it while while also rolling your eyes when you say this is punk rock yeah it's i i mean hell it that's not really what alt comedy was it still is what alt comedy is like that's yeah i mean until i started getting more regular work at clubs i did a ton of the alt shows and you know some of my favorite venues were the you know, these honestly oversized rock venues. Yeah. That you couldn't that you couldn't fill that like the vaudeville muse out in Des Moines is still one of my favorite places. I want to go back and perform there again at some point if it's still around. People that's used to, fun. I've I've talked there's always a, a subset of comic who they're not like a hobbyist, but they really want to be big and they want to be super famous. And that you can tell that's their goal. Uh-huh. Uh, and they always complain about like, hey, we're doing these shows, no one's here, and it's in this weird, it's like it's in this weird venue. And I go, yeah, 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 I love those. Yeah, I love the shitholes. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's run. Um, and I love. You, I, I've you done be, shows six people, and two of them leave. Yeah, you can, be, <laughs> you can be loose and free at those venues because usually the ticket prices are very minimal. They're yeah. like. Five bucks, uh-huh. if that. Maybe if you have somebody coming in from out of town and you need to try to make, you know, the money to pay them, maybe it's ten dollars. But for the most part, these tickets are cheap. There's no drink minimum that you have to mm-hmm. uh, adhere to. Uh, it's just like you can f- fuck around a little bit more because you know that people aren't. Well, they don't have to essentially spend at least $50 to come yeah. out and watch your show. Well, and that's what the, uh, Patton Oswalt was kind of talking about in the documentary. And it's amazing that that was what, 15 years ago. And that model has just stayed exactly the same. And it's even gotten easier to do shit like that since social media became so 
ubiquitous mm-hmm. and all the weirdos are able to connect with each other and be like, Hey, can I do your dumb little show, uh, in, in the basement of the gay bar in Lincoln on Thursday? It's like, <laughs> that, yeah, that is great. I Which, love, by the way, of I all the, sh- of all the shows that had to get canceled by the pandemic, Oh man, the, but the we one had that, a great run. The one that I was Wait, supposed to Wait, it's not to forever use. canceled, right? Well, the panic ownership is is they've been no. trying to sell they've been trying to sell the bar for the over a year. Ah. Uh, and yeah, so that was actually why they opened the basement was so that it would it would be more um what's the word i'm looking for easier to sell so that they could showcase yeah that they could showcase the basement uh with all the lights and the dance floor and the mirrors and say hey this you know you could actually turn this into a profitable business yeah and so i was already running the comedy upstairs when they opened the basement and then the dan the guy my guy panic was like why don't you just run it in the basement this would be fun because i remember doing two shows at the panic one of them was with larry smith and clay Uh Yeah, um, and I was an extra, and then another one where you said, "Hey, I'm sick or something. Can you, or like I'm out of town? Can you run yeah. it?" And then I bombed, and I would love to do a good show there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew what was Larry. Larry was a good show, but I want to do. I would love to do that Panic show. That show fucking rules. So I, yeah, yeah, we'll see. They've been closed. I mean, you know, the other bars in Lincoln have reopened since the coronavirus, and Duffy's is doing their mic again and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, but Panic is been closed for the entirety just because i they don't you know they own that building it's it's been family owned since like the 80s so they don't have to reopen to pay the rent i mean they kind of want to sell it anyway it's a whole thing but i hope not yeah i'd love if i had enough money to just buy it i'd just fucking yeah that's and, that, and there's the there's the side comedy conversation that every comedian has yeah Man, we should buy a club yeah just buy that's... own a bar that'd be great Honestly, I never really considered that until like the pandemic started. I was like, well, if I'm not able to do this, I still want to be involved in the, I, maybe I could buy my own room and yeah. run it as a fun, like little, like a small alt club totally. kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway. By uh, my mom's house, there's this little place that looks like an old garage, like car shop. And it's, it's been dead for years. And I went, I could buy that. Mm-hmm. And I could turn that into a club, not sell any beer, and you know, get bankrupt in a year. I think it. I think I can do it. He's underrated, honestly. I think uh, that that you could you could go somewhere with that. Is what <laughs> I mean. Do it. I'm just saying. I'm saying the money's hot and not having money right now. We can yeah, make it yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. I can get my car repoed again. I already paid it off. Absolutely. The, the just getting back to the comedians of comedy, though. Why? The. Uh, it, it, this this episode is going to get pretty sidetracked talking about because mostly that's what happens in this movie. It's uh, actually yeah. pretty. It's pretty minimal showing the comedians on stage. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. lot of backstage people having yeah, conversations about comedy. Uh-huh. And dicks uh, and a See? lot of gets gay jokes thrown at each other, which is like, oh yeah, when did this come out? Two thousand four. Yeah. It's oh yeah, good. some of it doesn't fly for sure, yeah. which is oh! crazy. No, like that patent pit where he's like the killer and then he's on top of the camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. Or uh, there's a, there is, I don't, uh, I don't want to interrupt David, but there is a part where Patton Oswalt is telling a joke on stage about um, how there have to be 
uh, homosexually, uh, mentally disabled homosexual people. Yeah, and um, he, you told me that one doesn't fly? Yeah, he phrases it differently than I did just yeah, now. Weird. Using, using some words that definitely don't fly these days. But that in the previous episode, we had to bleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, it, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. want to, I, you know, I, I love the movie. I love watching the antics and stuff. And it's crazy oh, to watch. Um, it's crazy to watch and think, wow, this is what comedy was 15 years ago. And now, um, you know, it's much more self-aware. And yeah, um, now all these, all these people who are on this special who made some of these jokes that are not woke today are some of the most woke comedians. But yeah. I guess that's like, that's just a th- product of, and we kind of talked about it in, the Patton Oswald episode where we talked, where it was just me and Jeremy. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know why I waved my hand. Pro- product of the product of the time, like these were socially acceptable jokes to be making, mm-hmm. yeah. and you so can... you make them. But then when things change, you can either dig your heels in mm-hmm. and become just the biggest shitlord in the world, mm-hmm. or you adapt. And, and you understand yeah. that oh yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't so much a joke anymore as it is an assault on the existence of another person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you stop doing this, that. Hopefully, if we keep hitting this nail on this head, one person like learns. <laughs> but I doubt it because we're too um, we're two fucks from Nebraska. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry, three fucks from Nebraska. I'm sorry. Just sorry. I mean, okay. it, it, I'm, I'm here. What, I mean, you're you're under the impression that Josiah's a fuck. I don't think hey, Josiah's hey. a fuck. Josiah's, we're all a fuck until we're not a, very, a fuck. Very good, yeah. Josiah's we're a very, a, very good boy. He's, he's, hey, he, you could be a good boy and a fuck. It's fine. It, it's not it, Yeah. It just happens. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted David. You were saying something, and I jumped in and interrupted. That's why you're a fuck. I know, exactly. Uh, now I'm trying to remember what the uh, what the fuck I was saying. Oh, um, nope, I lost it. We got we got sidetracked and I lost it. But that's so I'm gonna jump in and say that you can still dick or you can still goof around without like you know like people say like, oh I don't want you to talk about this. It's like hey they said some stuff that's problematic. That means comedy doesn't dick around anymore. It's like no we do. Oh, yeah yeah yeah. Like like I remember like one of my favorite comedy memories is again driving up with. Uh, David to this ping pong, not ping pong, pinball bar. Uh-huh. Um, and we were just goofing around saying dumb shit. Also talking about politics because we were bored. Um, and uh, you throwing beer at me, uh, me threatening to kill you, and me walking throw in. throw a beer at you. You made me laugh when I spilled beer on me, okay? I spit beer all over me. Is that what you wanted to say? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's what happened. I want you to tell the truth. I don't want to say it. I already sent my car got refund. Let me get one more <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, and I threatened to kill you, and then apologize to your wife. Yeah, um, that, that's made it into a joke, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's the, great. Or at that time, where I accidentally walked in. What I thought you were. <laughs> can I oh. tell the story? Yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and tell the story. <laughs> I walked in, and you were having ESPN on your phone, and your hand in your pants, and I went, fuck, could you have waited? And you went, no, 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 I'm scratching myself. Yeah. And I 
for a second, I thought you were the biggest sports bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was just... it into ESPN. And he was the draft. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, no. The what? Yeah, what happened there is my uh, <laughs> th- that that car didn't have air conditioning, and uh, my uh, my my balls just got real sweaty on that drive. I don't know a nicer way to say that. So my testicles you, were cooling themselves off with perspiration. When you, I mean, I guess that is better. Uh, <laughs> when you, so when you left to go inside, I was like, I'm gonna take this minute to just yeah. get this because I needed to scratch for like an hour. It was killing me. Well, I was. It was dark. I was alone in my car, and we were parked on an. We were parked in a part of the parking lot where there was nobody around me. So I was like. I could either wait till I get inside and go to the bathroom or I could just do it real quick right now. And then it ended up not being a real quick scratch. It ended up, I had to get in there real deep and As you then know. you came back. I'm just glad it was you that came back and not somebody else. Cause that would have I... been, <laughs> I'll tell you this much though. From that point forward, I haven't itched myself in the car. I always Good. know. Good. Like, Make that a and... lesson. Well, you know and here's, yeah. here's the thing. That was, a, that was a rare occurrence. Like, I normally don't itch uh-huh. in my car. I normally uh-huh. go inside. <laughs> but the one time I didn't. I used this as a point of saying, hey, you don't always have to, like, take your pants off and, like, run around in the field naked. And then I can say, hey, remember the time you were itching your balls and I thought you were jacking off in the car? <laughs> have you guys never? I... I Wait, uh, no, 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 Josiah, finish the sentence. Have you guys never jagged off in the car is all no. I need to say. No. I, no, I hear people who say they can, and I just... Nope. It, it's not a... It, for me, it's really not a decency thing, because trust me, there's been plenty of times when I've been driving on the interstate, and it's dark, and I'm like the only car for five miles. Yeah, and I'm like, I probably could, but also I have to focus on driving, and yeah. I'm not good at multitasking. Yeah. Well, like I just, I, I, I sin, so I don't do. It. <laughs> I don't understand the people who were like, "Oh yeah, I've done it." I was like, "How?" I just, it's a I safety don't. Thing. It's a safety thing. Yeah, I don't understand if you can that. Fries in the car, you can jack off. I. Uh... I mean, I guess that's a fair point, but <laughs> no, yeah, no, I've never, I've never even attempted it. Just because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I like, I have a certain, I have a certain mode I need to be in. Often and it has to be, I'm, I have no other responsibilities and obligations to attend to right now. Like, you know, (laughs) driving a car. Also, uh, normally on long trips, I'm usually being driven in this car. So like, that'd be weird. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just in the back. I'm usually in shotgun. (laughs) No, no, it'd be better though for comedic purposes. I think if you were just in the back, and then and I look in the rear view, and... And he, yeah, you were just in the rear view. I like that. I, I'm gonna. Um, but I had I had seen this special, uh, this documentary, like half of it on Comedy Central, and I saw Brian Posehn and Patton Oswalt, two comics I loved, go to a comic store, and I was I'm still a big comic book fan. I studied comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in college, I used to go to Legend Comics all the time when I had money, and now I go less often. But I, I miss it every time I go back. I get sad and go, I miss this. This is home. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I thought that was the coolest thing somebody on the road could do is stop and do look at comic books. I had also read Ultimate Fantastic Four Eleven. It's shit. And Joss Whedon's X-Men, which is great. Uh, uh, Ex Machina 4. Uh, Ex Machina 4, I've not read that, but I've heard good things. Uh, and Bendis' run on, on Avengers is really good. That's the Avengers Disassemble run. I know that run. It's really fun. But I thought that was the coolest thing. I thought, you know, when I become big, or if I'm a, at this point I want to be a writer and I'm on the road, I'll go buy comic books all the time. Mm-hmm. And now I, now I travel for comedy, and I went, oh yeah, they all like were on TV and had money. Mm-hmm. That I forgot. Yeah, I, that's, that's the huge difference. I dropped a grand to go to California, and I sat in my hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's you com- can't you can't afford to do anything. What what I do, just so I'm not sitting in the hotel whenever I travel, is I go mall walking. That's well, I, my what switch. I, I just brought my. I went to the beach and I went to the Death Museum, of course. But mm. like that's when my family was there. My family wasn't there. I just like sat in my hotel, uh, went to like the open mic, played Doom on my Switch, and just chilled. When was this? When were you in California? Uh, last year. Oh. I missed that. I missed that. Well, he's I was like, it was like three months ago during the pandemic. He oh, he's man. really risking it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I also like there was another comic from Omaha who was like tweeting a bunch of pictures. It's like, hey, I'm in, I'm doing I'm doing this show and I, I'm doing it at this club. And then I turned to a comic who lives there and I went, hey, is there an open mic at this club right now? And I went, yeah. I went, oh, that explains it. And I just didn't want to be that guy who was bragging about being in another city because I thought that was like, yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, you see a lot of that in the Midwest comedian things too. It's like people talking up. Like I went to New York and did an open mic, and that's honestly an event worth sharing. Yeah, that's not. Uh, hmm. But like trying to talk it up, like it was a huge thing, and it's like, well, you actually just you just did an open mic. Yeah, it's just like doing an open mic here. Or you just happen to be in New York at the time, right? And. <laughs> Uh, so like, I, I just didn't want to be a shitlord about it. And, uh, I just wanted to go to the death museum and go to the beach in peace. Um, and count how many times I saw posters for the door of the Explorer movie. Mm. Um, surprisingly a lot. Um, but, but this is almost a companion piece to our roadworks, uh, episode. Whereas like, this is what comedy on the road is. You sit, you rather talk about politics, um, or you just say dumb shit and dumb stories because we all have dumb stories. We all have our car being repoed stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not that not knowledge. all of us have. I'm that so one, glad but... that's a me thing. I'm so glad I have that story. That <laughs> and the being arrested with my boss in the car story. Like, I'm so glad because now I get to like weaponize those stories. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking only... of the, do you want to say, I don't want to interrupt. No, no, interrupt oh, me. Yeah. I'm, I'm... You're, you're the guest. You're, okay. you dictate the conversation. Well, it, you've really, mentioned, so. you, you know, you've mentioned talking about politics a few times and it was weird. I, cause I rewatched the comedians of comedy last night, which I don't know if I'm allowed to say it because technically it's like, I think you have to pay to watch it, but it's on YouTube for free. It's on YouTube. That's where I watched it. Yeah. If anyone... Else. If anyone wants to watch it, it's on YouTube now, at least, for free. So 
Um, I can literally, I'll put it in. <laughs> I don't do yeah. this often. I'll put it in the description for this. Yeah. Podcast. And again, it's not great. It's not super entertaining. But it is fun to see like Zach Galifianakis, young Patton Oswalt, like all the young. I don't know. I like it. But um, young it, Maria Bamford is great. Yeah. The, speaking of politics, I was saying it's weird to see all Patton Oswalt's 2004 election material now because he's like, <laughs> he's like, vote for Bush. Do it. Because part of me wants to die in the apocalypse and that is what he will bring like don't doesn't part of you want to die in the apocalypse and i was young during the election (laughs) i remember it i remember my mom my mom made phone calls for carrie or whatever and um i remember the election but it's just so crazy to be like wow that was the political comedy back then like nothing changed well, but it has changed drastically. That's the thing is like things are so shitty now. Well, politically. It's, it's fun. It's fun watching those like old political jokes, especially from more left leaning comedians. Yeah. Uh, back in like the Bush era, because yeah. they make it sound truly awful and terrible. And yeah. we had no idea what truly awful and terrible would even fucking look like. Yeah. Like, yeah, 15 years later. Those jokes are like that's an overreaction. This, mm-hmm. this, we might actually be witnessing the collapse of our country in yeah. real time. And... But it was also, at least for me, oddly comforting to watch, like the yeah, George, Bush, George Bush jokes, because I was like, "Wow, man, things used to be simpler." Like, mm-hmm. we just had a stupid guy in the White House, not an actively like destructive guy. You know, not, not to say Bush was any better. I mean, I hate that whole sentiment that somehow arises on the left like nostalgia for, for bush. George bush the war criminal but yeah. it was, it was i don't know watching Patton oswalt make george bush jokes part of me was like oh that's so cute i mean if you it's hard to get nostalgic about any u.s president yeah. being like that's a good times because pretty much every u.s president could probably face war crime yeah yeah major even even obama's not immune to that one mm-hmm. it's but i mean it it is like and I'll tell you what I sort of get. I sort of get the nostalgia thing that people look back on about that because it's like, yeah, I mean, he was just a dummy. Yeah. But he also like he wasn't actively trying to tear down basic tenets of American society in real yeah. time. I mean, what he are you sort of did doing with just the Patriot I, Act. Oh, that was me pouring water into my glass from a water bottle. I have a cup of ice. What did it sound like? Did it sound like I was pissing or something? It just sounded like liquid. I just wanted to know. But yeah, no, he, he did help. He did help uh, tear down that fabric a little bit with the Patriot Act. We're feeling it now. It's great. It's great. He set up the groundwork. Yeah, I mean, it, it got us the third act of the Dark Knight Rises. So not Rises, the Dark Knight. So you know, pretty pretty much everybody, pretty pretty much, pretty much every president since the Reagan administration has kind of just made things incrementally worse. And I think right now what we're seeing is a guy who's like taking all of those things to their logical conclusion all at the same time, all at the same time. He's just putting it on the lawn. It's just like, Hey, you know how like, I like, Hey kids, you want to buy call of duty cold war where you can sell missiles for Iran, but it's like shady and in the background. Uh, Trump just does that on the TV. Um, yeah. So that Call of Duty game is going to get weird. 
Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk's also in there, but that's just for cross promotion. Um, <laughs> 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 oh um, but uh, no, it is like, okay, so I said this with the Aristocrats one. As a documentary, it kind of sucks ass. But if you're mm-hmm. a comedy, if you're a comedy nerd and you wanted to see like, like in the Aristocrats, how one joke can be twisted in so many different ways, different ways, and how the punch, how the setup is equally, if not more important than the punchline. Yeah, this is like, hey, do you understand that comics are just bored and we just want to throw shit to make people laugh and why people think we're on all the time? uh this is it this is this is that feeling <laughs> um and it's just the crushing boredom of the road it's that <laughs> oh. uh i had to re- remind myself it's i did just look up the aristocrats i think i have seen this one yeah it's not great it's not a good documentary. oh yes i you suggested this to me actually i have seen this one it wasn't yeah. you the one about Gilbert Gottfried doing the dirty joke after 9-11 or whatever. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, it was probably me. Yeah, probably okay. Me. Was it some guy getting really excited for something fucking dumb? Yeah, it was me. Okay, I have seen this one. Because it's all about how that's the punchline of all these stupid jokes is the aristocrat. Okay, yep. This, Yeah, this one also is pretty objectively like a shitty movie, right? I like that. Because the comedians of comedy is hard to watch if you're not like, if you're just a normal person. But I have such a soft spot for shit like that because that's actually what motivated me to do my first open mic was a shitty comedy, like think documentary piece on, uh, it was a free movie on a plane that I was on. And I was like, oh, I could, I've always wanted to try it. Maybe I'll do it. And then like a week later I did. And now you're doing comedy today. Well, I, not now. Not I today, mean, but no one. Year, yeah, exactly. I did not this year, but like you know. Yeah. I, yeah. You're on a comedy podcast. You know that's the height of it. Yeah. We've made it in in a lot of different. God, ways. that sounded sad because we both know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> My whole take is like. I think David said it earlier in the podcast, but I'll cut it out if he if he did. I'm, yeah, I'm always thinking about how I don't need to be famous to do this thing. Like, I just want to be involved. I just I was me, fucker. You said that. I thought David said something about owning a club or a bar or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I just don't want to take. No one takes credit for shit. Yeah, but it's not me. I just like that's always been my whole take. Is like I'm. I just want to. I want to hang out with the cool, funny people, and this is a great hobby. And it I don't is. know. And it's just it's just fun to be around. It is. Like it's, I, I mean, like hanging out with Josiah. I like hanging out with Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, what a soft moment we just had. We're soft boys too. <laughs> <laughs> David, I I talk to you every. It's not even hanging out at this point. It's more like. I'll text you on like Friday night. It's like, hey, you want to record at this time? Yeah. All right. And then I go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm like a cat. I sleep 18 hours a day. Those are the best days. I love that. That's, that's more like a koala bear, but. I'm, I'm a cuddly soft boy. Either way, yes. 
Except in one of those cases, you are just riddled with syphilis. Yeah. The co- the koala bear. Oh, the koala bear. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I thought you were saying. No, no, not 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 syphilis. I'm sorry. It's not syphilis. Chlamydia. Oh, I don't have that. <laughs> that's not a big deal, right? You can just that's very easily treated. Oh, they're all treatable. They're all mm-hmm. like unless it kills you, they're all fine. Like you don't hurt you, fine. It's very, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, everyone has a little bit of something in their dick or yeah. genitals. Everyone has something in their genitals. It's the risk you take, you know. It's yeah. the cost of euphoria. It's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only the only complaint besides like the rampant amount of gay jokes uh, was I saw. Um, so remember that that drunk woman in the audience with the yellow jacket. At the very beginning. Very beginning. And then the yeah. cameraman says, Hey, maybe next time they'll give you the mic. Yeah. I screamed, What the fuck are you doing? Don't encourage her. Well, and but sometimes that's a fantastic origin story, like Jordan Klein from Nebraska. It is. Um, but I've also had times, um we've had a lot of drunks. I remember doing sabotage, a continuation of sabotage in uh, South Dakota. And there was this guy who was hackling. He went, yeah, man, let me get on stage. I can do this. I can do this. And I went, no, you can't. There's an open mic next on Wednesday. Do it then. And I said, sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. And I was the host um, because uh, the guy who was running the place was on stage. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Um, uh, and then we ha- I did Dubliner. This was during the pandemic. It was my last show. Um there was a lady, I was sitting away from everybody, I had my mask on, and a lady was coming up to me and says, hey, run your jokes by me, because she could tell I was writing, and I was like, no, you're not understanding what I'm doing, just please, <laughs> I'm not writing my jokes, I'm going, what does this joke sound like next to this joke, it's not, I'm not trying to be funny right now, I'm trying to be, trying to do, get ready, or else, yeah. they, or, or else the mind goblins say I don't deserve to be funny, <laughs> like, just, you gotta let me do this, yeah. um, and then she said, hey, I have some joke. And then she told one and it was my, I got divorced. It was the, ba- it was the best 120 pounds I lost. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually really good. Do it as your opener one day. And, and I, I didn't have the heart to tell her. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure her Rodney Dangerfield saying that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, There's been a lot of comedians who have made a joke similar to that. Yeah. Maybe. I was like, hey, great job. And then she was heckling and the host said, please stop. She goes, but can I go on stage? She went, Fine. You can go on stage after everyone else is done. And I said, good night. Uh, <laughs> and, and then she did. And she was surrounded by a bunch of, like, a, and then halfway through the show, a bunch of these older, like, boomer dudes who were creepy and had polos. And they were just, like, this shitty people who were all flocking to her during the show because she was fun and drunk. Yeah. Then started heckling her and was being really rude and I went, yeah, that's what happens. This isn't easy. Yeah. I'm mm. sorry. Oops. Icarus. There, that is the most Icarus story I've seen in comedy. <laughs> yeah. That's why you don't encourage people who are drunk and screaming to go on stage. Yeah, I think that as a blanket rule should be um, discouraged, actually. At least in the documentary, that guy was a bouncer saying, yeah, we gave her a warning. Her friends were understanding and we're going to kick them out. And yeah. I went, shit, I've never, I've, I have clubs that don't do that. 
thank you. Yeah. Uh, it is it is seriously the worst feeling is your front row is full of drunks and like the bar says, hey man, they already paid. What am I going to do? I don't want to cause a scene. Yeah. I mean, I've even been in that position as like, there were some times in, in the basement of the panic where we'd have people yelling out, uh, you know, to the point that it became disturbing. And that was more of an intimate show. So sometimes friends would show up and, right. you know, egg people on and stuff. But it was hard, like the very layout of that room was it was such a narrow room, almost like a hallway. And so like me being the host, I usually tried to stay in the back and stay out of people's ways. And if someone near the front spoke up, it was hard for me to even get up to them and be like, hey, can you please tone it down a bit without throwing off the entire energy of the show? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, guys, can you uh, can you all shut the fuck up? Yeah. I mean, for, for a certain extent, like you have to be able to deal with hecklers when you're on stage. Absolutely. Yeah. But I deal. You I do it with force. You are like you're like my older brother, my 40 year old older brother who I look up to David Kalsgaard because <laughs> you've kicked people's feet off. You've, you told them to shut the fuck up. You've ended shows. Like you've stopped your set, got people that... in the eye and went, what's your name? Hey, John, I'm going to fucking kill you. Shut the fuck up. Like it's so, you're so into it. Okay. I've never done that last one. But <laughs> I, I, if that's the, if that's the mythos around me, I guess I'll take it. I'm actually getting more to a point where as long as the person's not being a disruptful heckler, it's actually kind of fun to talk to them a little bit. I've done it because, a little bit. Yeah. Because if, if it's one person just yelling out something like after, like after I do a punchline to a joke and they want to throw in a tag or something, have a little conversation with them, placate them a little bit, but then, you know, move on. Right. Like, just use that moment to establish, like, yeah, I know you yelled something out, but this is still me up here, and I'm going to talk over you, and I'm going to dictate how this goes. It's, uh, I've started doing that a lot more, especially when I'm in, especially when I'm in clubs that I'm trying to get into, and I'm like, I don't want to just yell at a person and then have the club booker be like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. I, uh, I remember like the, the easiest one is somebody will always yell. That was funny. And it's the dumbest thing to say. Cause like your laughter said that <laughs> like you're, you don't have to double down. And so I'll always go, thanks. I wrote it. And then they just shut up. <laughs> I've had that exact same one happen before and gone off on a tangent of like, that's such a weird thing to say. Let's just stop laughing and everyone just say that if you enjoy my next joke. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. Um, But but at the same time, that's a person who's having fun at the show. I'm not going to make fun of them like super hard. I'm going to be like, oh yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. If you like that one, you're going to love this next one. And then, just run into the next joke. Yeah. Just try to establish that. Yeah. I don't, that's the biggest thing when it comes to people talking in the room, have fun with them. If they start becoming disruptive, usually the place you're at has an opportunity to kick people out. Or if you're at panic bar, that's when you have to kind of double down because the person who's supposed to help keep these people quiet just physically cannot get to them. Yeah, for sure. You, 
I, you're you're like that old man. Like this is like if this was an action movie, you'd be that one who was like, you're the enforcer, you're the protector. And then one person died, and now ten years later, I come to you, and you're like, you're in plaid, you have a big old beard, you're hacking wood. They go, hey, David, David, there's a bachelor bachelorette party in the front row, and <laughs> and they all have they all have penis straws, and they're <laughs> laughing. And screaming at me, I need Mad Cow's Guard disease again. No one's called me that in 20 years. <laughs> I need you again. Yeah, but we do it on my rules. Guys, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's the point of this movie? What's the point of this movie, The Comedians of Comedy? Yeah, what's the point? Um, honestly, it seemed like a young Patton Oswalt passion project. Mm-hmm. Uh, like something that he just wanted to do and put out. Yeah, it was so weird to see him that young and like he's so cynical. I, I oh, yeah. he's good. He's so he's cynical good. and self-deprecating, and like he obviously hated that he was even involved in. Um, I think it was a vanity project. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's what I'll call it. I he was yeah. involved in a vanity project, and he hated the fact that he was. But um, I, you I, know. I think you're. I think you're sort of right. It was a passion vanity project, but I also think it was something that they made to try to show this different side of comedy. Because yeah. even back in the early two thousands, like alt comedy was starting to get popular, but not a ton of people really knew about it. Like yeah. still, it, it, in most people's minds, it was like if you want to go see comedy, you go to the comedy club, or yeah. if there's a bigger comedian who's performing at a theater, you go see him at the theater. You don't go to rock venues. You don't uh-huh. go to bars. You don't go to all of these other locations, fucking laundromats that are having comedy shows now. Yeah. The uh, you shut up. The uh, it, I think it was just a way to let people know, like, hey, there's a different way of doing things. Here's what it is. Yeah. Well, and I, and, well, you see, and I think you kind of see, like, you see alt comedy kind of explode around this time in smaller cities, not yeah. just the big cities, but in smaller cities. And that's where that's where alt comedy, uh, that's where that's where alt comedy is at its best. It's in smaller communities because, uh, what the one reason I got excited for the coronavirus, I, I want to rephrase that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I thought could be good about quarantine is shit. Now we can do even smaller shows that are run not just by these big clubs, but are run by the people for the people. And then I realized, oh shit, Zoom shows suck. Yeah, Zoom yeah. shows are bad. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's not fun. It's something. It's like like I've said in the past. It's the methadone to live stand-ups heroin. But yeah. it is. It is. Uh, it what it it. It, it's sort of a nice thing, though, because it kind of makes people adapt. Yeah. And if, because comedy had, even alt comedy had kind of started to get stagnant with what was happening in it. And a lot of people were, weren't sure what the next, like, frontier of comedy was going to be. And now you forcibly had to go into the next frontier of comedy with these online zoom shows and these zoom open mics and it's not it's not ideal 
But I think if this is a thing that people stick with, you will eventually find a way to make it a really fun possibility in the future for people to perform. It'll make it a lot easier to, you know, do a show in New York because you don't have to go to New York anymore. Yeah. At the same time, though, I think once everything gets back to normal, you're going to see these Zoom shows fade away mm-hmm. because there's really no replacement for live stand-up comedy. There really I have, isn't. I have found that the best Zoom sh- comedy show isn't a stand-up show. Like, it was Sarah Mary, who's a friend of the show, did a bit where it was like, what are we going to do? Because a bunch of witch TikTokers had hexed the moon. Oh, man. I was That was a tough week. That was a tough week, yeah. <laughs> and so she did a PowerPoint about how to unhex the moon. And then she opened it up to Q&A. Uh, basically, the plan we all that, that she agreed on is also, why is the moon bad? It's because Italians don't know how to compare love unless it's, you know, uh, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. Uh-huh. Then they can't fall in love and make Italian babies. Mama is Mama's going to have her heart broken. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> I had lost my shit. It's the greatest thing ever. And then we determined that it was Stevie Nicks is going to unhex the moon uh, with juniper berries. And it was a great show. And then the audience got involved and asked questions. The audience was mostly comedians watching, but it was, it was still a lot of fun. And those are the shows that are great. And I, I liked Patton Oswalt's thesis at the beginning. It's just like comics, people in these like music venues are they're young people who can't afford because i think david you told me if it's a date night you're dropping like a hundred dollars a night if you're going yeah to a club. If, if you if you go to a club like if you especially if you go to like an a room like yeah. the funny bones and improvs uh that have their two item minimums on purchases and if you pay for tickets depending like on who the headliner is which you're a chump yeah. if you do yeah. Like, well, just, if you if you're gonna see a comedian who will actually like they don't need to paper the room, yeah, you're gonna end up having to pay for those tickets, and some of those tickets can be. I mean, there there's a reason that the that these guys make a lot of money when they come in, guys and gals, when they come in and headline, and they're able to sell rooms because people are able to, you know, they're they're able to afford to buy these high ticket prices, the two item minimums, the it's not. I wouldn't describe it as a perfect system, but it's a system that has worked since the eighties and before. Mm-hmm. So it's going to stick around. Uh, but yeah, you could be dropping anywhere from like 75 to a hundred dollars for a date yeah. to go see, you know, Dave Attell yeah. when he comes through Omaha once every five years, <laughs> or you go see somebody who actually, you know, somebody else who will actually sell the room so you don't get yeah. the free ticket offers from the club anymore it's and then, and then it's, there's... It, I, don't, I don't know that's just one thing that i kind of it's a point that i think we'll hit on at another episode at some time but i'll just kind of hit on it now if you're in a club you can still have fun because that's the whole point of doing this but don't right. fuck around too much like don't get overly cutesy and alty yeah. I guess, like, I, well, I guess I shouldn't say don't get overly altered, but like, just you know, make make sure that you're making people laugh when you get into these rooms. You're not doing super experimental stuff 
because these people are paying good money to come see this show. Don't waste their time. Don't waste your time. And I and I I see the I'm seeing the the opposite side of that coin. Like people who really want to. That's why I've used to done do shows like at bars or at uh, mostly bars because we have a lot of bars in Omaha. But or like when we go to small towns. When I went to Newman Grove, and the entire town came out because there are people who can't afford a hundred dollars or ha- uh, have the resources to get out there who are thirsty and they're hungry for comedy and they want to follow you around like you're a musician uh and just like after a show okay two two good examples i think when it comes to like crowds of those people um i did funny bone i did a clash of the comics and i saw the person that won and i was standing next to him and two older people went, oh, shit, that's the winner. Hi. And, like, were shaking their hand and whatnot. And they went, oh, you were there, too. And just walked away. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to Newman Grove where the entire time a crowd came out. And then after the show, a bunch of people flocked around us. And then two people said, hey, you want to come back to my house? We have a bunch of VHS tapes and weed. Um, Hell, yeah. And I went, yeah, I like VHS tapes. Uh, and I just, I went and just looked at a bunch of movies and everyone else was smoking weed. And it's like people who, who can't afford it still really love comedy. Yeah. And that's why people get excited when we go, hey, man, we could do a show at like this place. And we could put on a, a fucking rad show. And that's why comics get really excited for those shows. Because yeah. you can, you get to hang out with people who want to be there who just can't. And you give it to them and you feel great. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I like the theme that you mentioned too in the movie where Pat Oswalt comes out and he's like, "This is a thing musicians do," and um, you know, kids will follow him around and watch their development and stuff. Because that the hypothesis he kind of put forth in 2004 at the beginning of that movie, it did end up kind of becoming true, and then that was to blame for the huge like comedy boom and like the late 2000s, early 2010s. And I always think, like, at least in my mind, music is just a simpler and and easier to understand form of entertainment than comedy. So it's always going to be like ahead of the curve. Yeah. Then comedy will kind of follow it, but more slowly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, because... Music yeah. is such a ubiquitous, like, a lot of people like a lot of different styles of music. Sense yeah. of humor are pretty specific. Yeah, but I like kind of applying that same train of thought to, like, and again, this is all I've been thinking about for, like, five months. Anytime I think of comedy, it's always, well, what is it going to look like when, uh, you know, things really come back? And again, things have been happening here and there, but for the most part, scenes have kind of shut down, and I think about what has music become in the past five, 10 years. And it's been a uh, kind of a re explosion of, of indie shit. Like you yeah. find your favorite musician, they're on Spotify. You find maybe you're their you're their friend or you know them through a friend and you follow them and you watch what they're putting out on Twitter. And like everyone has these Twitter accounts they follow now, right? Like this Twitter. Yeah, 23,000 followers to 80,000 followers, these mid to large size Twitter accounts that are 
these people's favorite comedians and mm. they follow them and they see what work they get. I mean, hell, that's what Aida is to a lot of people. Yeah. And she's probably, great. Yeah. The biggest success story to come out of our scene. And, you know, I, I don't want to. Well, if you're combining Omaha and Lincoln, yeah, I would say probably Adam Devine, but he never did comedy in Omaha or Lincoln. Yeah, he kind he of was fast tracked because he had a trust fund or some shit, you know. Yeah, so like, no, she's- Aida was Aida's fucking yeah. A mo- she's a she is a monster. Yeah, and but that's like what in she the way is. that in she, a good in way. The, Wait, it, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in a good way. In the in her in her work ethic when it comes to comedy yeah. when it came to building up her own following from the ground up like she yeah. is like i don't think i've seen anybody well and she's super independent in that way too yeah. like she and i'll you know i think the last time i saw her was over christmas break this past year and you do go to the bars with her in lincoln and people are like holy shit dude i followed your twitter when you had 2000 followers and like i'm so psyched to see you got the big mouth job or the fucking wild and out gig like people are so excited yeah people are so excited to feel like they were in on it early and i do think i mean at least from that perspective independent comedy and alternative comedy i think is the future for the next the next 10 years when things kind of get up and going again well, that's that's when that's where everybody like most of the people who are going to be successful at comedy they get their that that's kind of where you get your start. That's when you first yeah. start performing in front of those big rooms, and then yeah. the, the most eventually a lot of people end up making a jump to performing in clubs. But it's usually when you have your own you have your own fan base, yeah, and you're a little bit older, and so are your fans. So they're at a point where they can afford to go to these clubs now. Mm-hmm and pay the two item minimum and that's where more consistent money is but you still have that you can go you know if you can't go do a club in a certain town because you don't have a ton of followers in boise idaho you can still go do a rock venue in boise idaho yeah yeah for a night or two and you can still perform for people who already enjoy you yeah absolutely those are and uh, when you saw a comedian comedy, those are people that were doing it for the music, man. It was uh-huh. dope. like, like I've complained about like nobody showing up on stage, but I try and make it a joke. But I'm always happy to do a show. Oh yeah, yeah. And the, no matter what, just be you're happy that you're doing these weird fucking shows, or you saw this weird guy with a Hawaiian shirt who has to wear a Hawaiian shirt so he can make a joke about it. Yeah. That's uh, true. And it's like, yeah, you all, and you do it for these weird, fun stories. Like, we all have repo stories. We all have, you know, just. Can that be the title of the episode? Repo stories. Repo (laughs) stories. Yeah. Uh, But you all have, we all have dumb, shitty stories of like, we did a show and it was like this. And whether one comic was a dick or the audience was shitty or your car gets stolen by the government. Or someone um, almost tried to start a fight and tase somebody. Yeah. Or yeah. or or a dude who was trying to make his way to the stage to fight you gets intercepted by somebody who was heckling yeah. the show earlier uh-huh. and they start a huge massive brawl. And uh-huh. then when you go to leave because you're so upset that you ruined the show, 
the door lady's like, oh, sweetie, you don't want to go out there. They're waiting for you. Oh, and... no. oh fuck. Wait, you've never said that part of the story. Yes, I have. You just don't no, listen. That's true. <laughs> listen, I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to come up with a good excuse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... I felt bad. I felt bad about that night, but it's a it's a fun story. It is, and I've done, I said the vodka story about where I won vodka in a raffle because some lady gave me her ticket, and then I got on stage and everyone booed me. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, and my response was I and I I yelled this unironically. I deserved this. <laughs> <laughs> and I hunched. I even hunched over the vodka a little bit. It's like you don't understand. What <laughs> I had to do to perform for you. <laughs> you oh, should man. be giving me more booze. Or or preferably money since I'm not getting paid for this show. Yeah. I also yelled I'm not getting paid. Do you know yeah, what I that... think the best feeling in the at least in my time doing comedy has been is when you're on a weird show that goes poorly like that and there's maybe a tiny audience of like a dozen people, but one of them comes up to you afterwards and earnestly says like, Hey, I actually liked what you did. Like I thought like that feeling it's only happened maybe once or twice in my memory, but mm. like it always feels so much better than like an actual good show. Cause it's like, wow, there is like tonight sucked. I hated it. But this one person thought to come up to me afterwards and be like hey you should keep doing it like i yeah. thought you were funny that's that is always a good feeling mm-hmm. like I, especially when it's a nightmare show i did a mm-hmm. show just before the end of last year down in tulsa oklahoma that did not really go my way mm-hmm. but about half of the people in that room did come up to me afterwards and gave me like honest uh, like a heartfelt like dude i really enjoyed what you did up there tonight yeah but i was like oh man i so that was mostly on me i was reading the wrong half of the room Mm -hmm. because there was this huge birthday party that was being disruptive throughout the whole show they were terrible uh but the the other people like they thoroughly enjoyed what i did and i was like this honestly is going to make it so i can sleep tonight yeah because otherwise I wasn't going to. <laughs> I might as well just start driving back to Omaha at 11 at night. Mm-hmm. Well, because and I wasn't the... going to sleep anyway. <laughs> I got my car stolen. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. You, you have opposite experiences. Yeah. Most people <laughs> no, no. The, the weirdest wild experience, I did one of your shows, Third Base. Yeah. And one nicest man gave me a free t-shirt that's the most comfortable t-shirt that I'm never going to wear in public because it says, who wants to go to third base? Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I, I, wear... can't, I can't wear that in public. <laughs> which is kind of like, which is kind of a bummer because those shirts are so soft. They, they are, are very so soft. nice. They are very great. Um, if you're listening to this, give us a shirt, and I love it, nothing on it. I'll wear it all the time. But, and then they'll say, hey, you're really confident in that shirt. And I go, yeah, I got out of the third pace. It was great. Um, yeah. Great chicken sandwich as well. But uh, afterwards, there was this big wedding like anniversary party. And then people kept buying me drinks the entire night. I was unemployed and lost my job. And I didn't buy a drink the entire night. And then I got offered Coke for the first time. That was... Did you say I, yes? 
Council Bluff, baby. <laughs> we were doing darts, and she wasn't even seeing the show. I was like picking up because uh, they wanted me to sign, like the owner of the bar wanted me to sign one of the little pamphlets that said who we were. Yeah. And I thought I was treated like a rock star. It felt great. And and I had bombed on that show for like a second, and then I earned it back. Because <laughs> um, I'd made fun of the casinos and everyone in that room. Yeah, it's the, the the bar is owned by people who work at the casino, and it's mostly where the people from the casino go hang out. And you told me that before I went on. I went, oh, I can make fun of them. It'd be great. I can make fun of casinos. It'd be great. And it's not. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, and I and then these people, came, these young people came in and went, oh, you're the comic. Come sit with us and talk. And I went, this is weird. You didn't even know if I'm funny, but okay. And then one of them looked at me and offered, hey, do you want some Coke? And like, I look like me and I sound like me. Nothing, <laughs> nothing about what vibes I give should say, this guy, this guy does Coke. No, this guy does, does Zoloff and Animal Crossing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'll, I, I, and I, my response was, oh, like, like a soda? I can have a soda. And then I went, oh, wait, no, you mean... You mean no, <laughs> no. That's one of the things that I always will appreciate about Council Bluffs is that they are uh, just upfront. When somebody asks if you want drugs, they don't try to do like the code thing of like, "Hey, do you want a party? Do you want to?" It's it's just you want to do some coke, and you, I you want to smoke some meth. And I've told this story, and other comics make fun. He was like, "Why? She was into you. She wanted coke. For, she wanted to do coke with you." And I went, "Yeah, but I don't like coke." And I said, "No." And then she said, "Okay, here's a shot." And I went, "Yay!" <laughs> like that, that. Yeah, that's the best way that interaction could have gone. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I also just don't like it. Let me say no. <laughs> like. This is a win. Sadder stories are funnier to me than the time that I got to do free blow. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, comedy is terrible and comedy is dumb, but comedy gives you the shittiest stories. The best stories. It's... <laughs> yeah, but they're always of shit things happening to you. Well, yeah. I guess for me. And I think that's kind of one of the things that this movie kind of goes into when you yeah. see a lot of the behind-the-scenes conversation. It's never people – it's always people telling funny stories about a messed-up thing that happened. Yeah. But then it's – like, it ends up being just funny. a good story at the end because yeah. everybody survived. <laughs> yeah. No, that's – that's it. It's like, hey, what happened? Well, I'm here and I lived. That is yeah. the end of that story. Ah. Uh. God, that was a fun show. Book me again on third base. Not because the show is fun, but because after the show is dumb as shit. The show is the show is great. still also fun, but oh, it's the show was great. It's the post shows usually get real fun. I, uh, uh, I I'm not sure if I'm gonna end up. Oh, I'm not shit. sure if when this is over. If I think third base is gonna make it, I I wholeheartedly believe they are. I'm just not sure when they come back what the vibe for comedy is going to be, if they're still going to have us booking it twice a month or if it's just going to be once a month and it's going to be Dom Seeger taking over the booking entirely. I, I, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, if, if I do end up booking third base, I'll book you back, and who knows, maybe you'll do Coke. <laughs> like, no, here's the thing. Coke, 
No. If someone said, hey, you want to do some whippets? I'm like, oh, that's a fun word. And I was just... <laughs> It'd be such a shitty Nebraska comedy thing to happen to. It's like, hey, come. I have a fucking whipped cream can in the back of my car. You want to get in on this? I will do drugs 100% on if it sounds silly and like I can draw a cartoon character based off of it. There you go. I, I think that's a good policy, honestly. Yeah, like blow. Yeah, maybe, but like that's not fun. That's just wind. You know, can't get high off wind. That's just high off life. And my priest does that. That's not fun. But <laughs> okay, are and you that still is a practicing Catholic? Is this no. okay? <laughs> My priest does keep asking my mom, when, when is he going to invite me to a set? And I go, I don't think you get it. You're in it. Yeah. <laughs> you up. Like, and not like, hey, man, everyone, meet Father Dan. He's so cool. He gives to charity. More like, I'm depressed and suicide, but I also went to this church. Yeah. Yeah, that's not exactly what... That's not exactly what the old Padre is going to want to hear. But then, I, then I realized I should invite him because, like, I'm I'm not a Christian Catholic, no. But uh, I understand that God has given me a gift, uh, the God I'm not sure I believe in. And that is Catholics for years have wanted an excuse to not go to Mass. And if I invite this priest to a show, I never have to go to church again. <laughs> your, your your ass is going to be excommunicated so fast. Is that how you do it? Because don't you have to apply to be like done with the Catholic Church? Isn't that a thing? No, no you just leave. Well, but yeah, but technically, like, you're still a Catholic, right? No, no, no. Like you, okay. So for marriages, you have to, uh, you know, text the Pope. Hey, this shit's not working out. Um, it's okay. it's not me. It's him. Uh, stuff like that. And they go, yeah. oh, no, I thought you guys were going to work out. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Oh, man, but it's going to be real awkward when we go to Cheryl's party. And it's like, I'm sorry, Pope. And it's like, that's a weird <laughs> It's a weird back and forth. I'm just trying dumb ideas now at this point. But it's like, that's the letter with the Pope that you do. And then if you're a priest um, and you do something bad, then they go, hey, you probably shouldn't be priesting anymore. Give us your badge and gun. And and then they move you to another church. Another pair. And that and that works for both popes and cops, and I yeah. hate that. Dude, for real, you're right. Uh, fuck. It's uh, the same bullshit. The only way I can make that funny is give us your Pope baggage badge and Pope gun. And that's I don't know why Pope's a funny word to me. I could do a lot of Pope. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, all right. Catholic, Catholics are weird, though. Like when you say the marriage thing, like you, my, I, I do a joke about this on stage where I talk about how my uh, uh, in-laws, my wife's parents, they became Catholics after we got married, and they had raised their daughter Protestant her whole life. Uh, well. I don't tell this part on stage because it's not really all that interesting, or at least I haven't found a way to make so it yeah, funny. So yeah, put it here on this podcast. They they had to get remarried, technically, in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Because Ooh. since they did not get married in a Catholic Church, and they did not get married while they were practicing Catholics together, 
in the Catholic Church's eyes, they were not married. Catholics can be shit. Sorry, can be. That's not the right word. Are. <laughs> are. Catholics are shit. Um, and you're allowed and, to say that because you have experience. I, I can say that, yeah. Um, I, I grew up, I used to be a Catholic teacher. So I get to tell you guys, don't be a comedian. Uh, that had nothing to do with the Catholic stuff. I just want to keep saying that in this comedy podcast. Don't do it, guys. That's the takeaway from the film we discussed, too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't do this shit. Why would you want to do this shit? But at the oh, same time. I want to do it again. Like, yeah. I know, yeah. God, I miss this dumb shit. And I went, fuck, I want to do... And then I was thinking about, like, Larry and Clay. What they did is they just called clubs and called bars and did, like, a mini tour around the Midwest. And I went, yeah. I know enough people. Like, yeah. fuck, I could just ask David and Josiah or David and Mora or Mora and jo- uh, Josiah. Yeah. And I was like, we could just book a couple clubs in a couple of cities and just do this for, like, a like a month, like, every weekend. Yeah, and stick around. This would be fun. Or if you want to do the more the more popular like alt tour is like you see what Zach Peterson from Omaha does when he goes on tour he does like he'll he'll do like thirteen shows in fourteen days or something yeah throughout a region of the country either like the Midwest Ohio River Valley area or down in the south or yeah uh, Mm -hmm. like it's it's uh there's a lot of ways that you could do it. But being out for fourteen days in a row was no. just uh, that is a that is a long time when you have other obligations you have to meet. Yeah. And if you don't have other obligations to meet, though, like that, that absolutely go fucking do that. No, I want a low stakes just so I can do the traveling and dicking around and like goofing around and just like not not drop a grand again for five bucks. <laughs> well, and man, it sucks so much that at least for me personally, in my circumstances, coronavirus happened when it did because I was so looking forward to graduating from college in May and having Mm -hmm. the ability to kind of just dick around for a bit like that Mm -hmm. and and maybe, you know, go on the road or just maybe travel for my own personal reasons or whatever. And and it's been nice to sit inside and relax and recover from the trauma that was my college experience but on the other (laughs) hand yeah i'm looking forward to being able to go out into the world again yeah when when this is done you and i will will book a a book like a south dakota or fucking uh, st louis gig and we'll have some i would love our sweet i've never like i relate to maria like i don't know maybe it's because my own neurotic mental illness i i relate to maria bamford so hard and I, i love her so much uh, she makes me so just sound a midwesterner like minnesota kind of mm-hmm. oh, it's just yeah i don't know it's familiar yeah it's it's a I, that's one of the things that i've noticed in a lot of comedians that i like period it's like if i if i can kind of tell that they're from the midwest upper midwest area i'm uh-huh. like this is just safe because this is the people that i've grown up with my whole life yeah absolutely Josiah, Josiah, yeah. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my, wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to remember all of them. My sweet, sweet, tired, sad, good boy fuck. Thank you. 
I'm so, um, everything's so tiring these days. It's exhausting. I've I've been every time I look at Twitter and I look at the little like right thing, I was like, I'm gonna write about my feelings. And I go, what's a funny way of saying I'm tired? Mm. And I and that's been my thought for two months. Yeah. And it's like I'm just tired. What do I? How do I make that funny? You don't. And the only time I've been actually able to close to writing something is today on this podcast. I'm probably gonna do that Pope shit. Yes, do it. Or like the, the start before the Pope shit. I can't even remember now. Just, um, just talking about the different the different ways to say I'm tired just reminded me of a funny story from work. I was I had a little whiteboard on my desk that somebody had. Uh, given me back in my last day job. I actually thought you said I have a little white boy on my desk. I'm like, Jesus. No, 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 whiteboard. Uh, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And somebody in the office came in and said, you know, what are you going to do with it? I was like, I don't know. I think I'm just going to write down how I'm feeling each day on the whiteboard. And he was like, how many different ways are there to say sad? It was a cute, fun, cute little work story there. People definitely understood my brand. So I was a, I was a, I was a way sad boy when I was at work, when I had a day job. Oh, I was super depressed when I had a day job. I hated it. Um, I'm kind of glad I got let go of work right before the pandemic, because one, I have an excuse now, and oh, yeah. uh, and two, it's like, oh yeah, fuck it. I don't, I don't want to go to work. Um, but okay, so there's sad, there's depressed, there's defeated. There's tired. There's I didn't sleep well. There's these are different ways to say I'm sad. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, I'm a comic. Um, that was my punch. I, I needed to know that was the best <laughs> I was gonna do. Um, Josiah, Josiah, my sweet, yeah. sweet, my sweet, sweet skater, sad boy. I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have uh, some questions because I want to get to know you now. Yes. I've known you for years. Now I want to get to know you. Yes. I'm yes. ready. Okay. What's your favorite swear? My favorite my favorite sweater? Sweater. You know this was just a bad parody of five questions at uh in inside the actor's studio, but yeah, what's your favorite sweater? Oh, did you say swear word? I misheard. Yes, you did. I did. Well, my favorite sweater would have to be um i well it's not a sweater but it's a it's like a sweatshirt but without the hood so it's kind of like a sweater and i got it it says this grandpa's good at everything and then it has like embroidery of like fishing and like a hammer and like all this grandpa shit that is so fucking dumb when you and i do a gig you have to wear it yeah i I think i've worn it on stage before but it's a good one my favorite swear word uh i'll answer both questions i suppose is the I like uh, I like bastard. I love calling people bastards. Yeah, um, it, it it carries. It's like such a classy kind of vulgar way to say um, someone's a real dirtbag. You know what I mean? Real dirty boy. Yeah, yeah. Like shithead can be fun, and and you know, I it's just bastard feels mature when it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And and I like I like the sound of it. So and it's and it's a good one because it's got a it lures you into a false sense of security with that soft B at the beginning. Yeah. And then you get to the third. Uh-huh. You get the two uh-huh. hard consonants, one in the middle, one at the end. Yes. It's like having it's like typing a sentence with two exclamation marks. Yes. I like the word cock. 
Oh, dude, mm-hmm. do you know I've been watching a bunch of um, I've been watching Deadwood on HBO Max right now. You prick. The what was that? The the word prick that they use con- constantly throughout. That Wait, show? you cut or... out again. I didn't hear. I, I said the word prick. Oh, they, they say prick. Throughout. Yes, they say they say cocksucker too. That's the mm. Al Sprangin is always calling people uh, dirty cocksuckers. With cocksucker yeah. is such a strong word. It's nice. So many it's different good. sounds. Mm-hmm. It's like popcorn, and it's yeah. melodic. It's good. It's yeah. Like cocksucker and prick. Honestly, prick is probably my favorite. Uh, next next question on inside the extra studio is: If you go to heaven and if God is real, what would you say to them? Wow. That's it? That's the one? Yeah. Bad yeah. Owen, oh, a bad Owen Wilson impression? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that sends you to hell. <laughs> I mean, I'd be going anyway if I... Yeah. If that's how things turn out, I'd probably... I think I'd say my bad. My bad. Or, my bad. Or fuck, I bet on the wrong horse. That's a good or one. Just, yeah. Or just fuck. Like a yeah. loaded, ah, fuck. Oh shit! <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! Damn! Uh, and I would, or, or I would go, shit. Am I being punked? Where are you? Where, where are you? And I'll go. You wouldn't get this guy, but it was a show in like two thousand and five on MTV. You had to no. be there. Uh, he, he, Ashton he Kutcher had a lot of trucker hats. Uh, yeah, but he trust me, he knows. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he was. was he was. He was he into was, punks. He was into the MTV show Next. No, I was going to uh, say he's he is he's familiar with the work of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he he saw that show where you date their mom. Uh, he was into all of them. Uh, <laughs> Silent Library. He was really into Silent Library. Um, and now he's just into ridiculousness. Uh, God's a real dude, bro. Is really what I'm trying to say. I think so. I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real frat bro. David, you? <laughs> what? What's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, oh shit, it's, it's written on the router. Oh, where's the router? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's by the TV. It's like next to the PS2. <laughs> it has like weed stickers on it. You can't miss it. <laughs> and it's it's the default password. God never changed it. It's like because <laughs> here's the thing: if you steal it, you're going to hell. It's, there you go. There you go. Uh, That's the test. That's St. Peter's test, guys. <laughs> uh, um, uh, that's dumb as shit. But just like the real questions: is favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich is like a nice turkey bacon with uh, some pepper jack cheese and maybe like a thinly sliced apple you ever had that like thin apple slices on a sandwich i've never felt at home or homely during an answer but uh but yeah okay yeah go ahead ahead, try it out and then eat it with like a nice crunchy pickle (laughs) the crunch of the apple slice and then go in with a pickle there it's it's good i got cat hair in my throat anyways Maybe some avocado too. Put some avocado. Just under- eat the fucking produce section. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god, I so- love that cat, but I'm allergic to that fucking cat. Ugh. <laughs> that's rough. 
Ugh. What's your favorite joke that you say, sad boy? Me? My favorite joke that I say... Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you okay it's been so long there? since... Oh, hold on one. I'm just... A... <coughs> oh. <coughs> oh, no. So much fucking cat hair. Yeah, that sounds like no fun at all. Well, like, I pick him up because, like, he's there's a bag that we use for trash down here, and he, he's a bad boy. He's a bag boy, and he loves bags. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he'll roll around, and he'll start screaming while I'm recording, and I go, you can't be screaming. So I pick him up, and I pet him. Uh, and it's a 50-50 gamble if I'm going to fucking breathe or not. Oh, man. Uh, you, you're living, you're, you live an interesting life. Oh, uh, he's a good boy, though. He's a good boy. Um, anyways, just like, what's the favorite joke that you say? Well, um, my favorite joke I was telling before in February, kind of before shit hit the fan and what do you mean? before coronavirus, um, I was telling, I was telling this great joke and it kind of, it hit so perfectly on the last clash of the comics I did. And the joke was a premise that I actually stole from Sam, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Sam Bontrager. Sam Bontrager, yeah. Come on, we need to get him and uh, Ada, or like Ada, or like people on my list. I would love to get on for sure. But yeah, uh, the premise was how some people say in in response to uh, pro choice advocates when it comes to abortion. Well, what if your mother had aborted you? What if? Oh, what? Yeah. How would you have felt if you had been aborted? And Sam was using that premise. And uh, the punchline of his joke was, you know, well, I don't think I would have been around to care. That's honestly very <laughs> silly. But um, I, I told a joke for a few months before about how I loved it when friends canceled plans on me. And so I took that premise and I kind of made the punchline of it. Well, if the intense feeling of relief I experience when a friend cancels our afternoon plans is any indication... I think I would have loved being a board. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah. For, and it was one of those, I didn't like actively steal it from Sam, but you know, it was so close to that joke he was doing that the first night I did it and it worked, he was like, you fucking asshole. You suck. That's your joke now. That's stupid as hell. And then, so I just kept doing it. And then uh, it hit the last class of comics I did in February. That joke is so fucking dumb. <laughs> Yeah, but it just hit. It it was like the longest laugh break I think I've ever gotten on any show. Like people just laughed so hard. And well, I mean, it's a damn. It's just a damn good joke. Well, and I think the. I guess it. The setup was the joke I told before it too about friends canceling plans, and then it kind of it was this big, two to three minute long thing, I guess, but. That was my favorite, I guess not my favorite joke I've ever told, but the, my favorite one I was doing right before the pandemic hit, so. That's that's one of my favorites of yours. Um, yeah, that's a damn good joke. I remember do, you doing that at a, at a, sh a show, and it was fun. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. I think you were at the, at the back line. I think I was literally doing a show, and I was watching you because you were in the show after. Uh, and I went, yeah, this would be a good time. Um, <clears throat> Josiah, Josie, 
Yeah. Uh, what's your? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're like the best partner to work off shit. I'm like, I'll just do, do something dumb and you'll throw it right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, you're fucking fired. I knew this day was coming. <laughs> Uh, the worst thing about getting fired from a podcast is there's no office supplies to <laughs> yeah but i already gave you the twitter and uh facebook password so i need to change those oh i'm gonna Uh-oh. fuck up our social media presence <laughs> oh and our myspace page fuck oh god and then what, what were you gonna ask josiah what, uh josie what's your what's your biggest bomb my biggest bomb yes um do you so that it was at a mixed open mic like the month i started doing stand-up in lincoln and omaha i went to this mixed open mic in the lincoln haymarket it was um at the concert venue that's since closed i think it was called like the vega or something oh, vega yeah i know what you're talking about yeah and it was a mixed open mic and so there were musicians and comedians there but they had and all poets. And poets and yeah, all sorts of different things. But they didn't want the comedians there at all. No uh, one ever does. Yeah, yeah. But the way they just have poets there. Yeah, but the way they decided the the way the MC decided to handle that was he had all the comedians go up first, and there were probably like five of us. So before you know, everyone was there to do their open mic, but they had to sit through all of us first, and. Um, it was it was just awful. There were a bunch of high schoolers who wanted to rap, and I I said some shit that like the MC heckled me, and then all the high schoolers who who were waiting to go up started heckling me. And, the high school kids heckled you. Yeah, yeah, and that's it what makes it so, so fucking funny. Yeah, oh. it was so bone crushingly. How old were you? Um, I mean, I was right when I started, so I guess twenty. 20 i was 20 damn it that's not nearly as funny i was kind of hoping you were 26 yeah no i mean they were yeah close to my age honestly <laughs> but um, <sighs> yeah it was just a terrible night and but i i, I didn't go back to that open mic i you know because then the venue closed down soon after but i kept going to the other one so uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> that's how every good shoot story should end <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and then God gave down to Moses the Ten Commandments, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said that was a great story. I literally just couldn't think of any other story. Like, Love like I don't remember the plot of Birds of Prey, and so that's it was gonna be that or Moses. So there you go. <laughs> um, why do you tell jokes, Josiah? Uh it's. Good. It's it's a good creative outlet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a good creative outlet that also kind of you meet people and you make experiences and it's just a great thing to do. And week nights uh, when there's nothing else going on, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's that simple for me, at least. And that's the, what I know is gonna. I'm gonna keep doing this forever, unfortunately, because. Um, uh, you know, most people meet someone and settle down and have a relationship. And I'm like, I like just going to the bars and having an excuse to drink and bullshit with my friends instead. <laughs> so we'll, we'll do it together. Buddy. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That was possibly the sweetest answer we've ever gotten Aww. from that question. 
Josiah, Josie, you always make me want to hug you. <laughs> I could use a hug right now, man. I, if I had a working car, uh, what sucks about that car that got repoed is it doesn't work now. That's, man, that mm. is just awful. Everything about that. Can you, I'm just going to call him. <laughs> yeah, come take it. So, um, anyways, um, Josiah, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Josiah Comic, J-O-S-I-A-H-C-O-M-I-C. And I deleted my Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg is an asshole. But I do still have Instagram, which is owned by him as well. So, um, yeah, my Instagram is Josiah, 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 five times, I think, because they let you have 30 characters. And I just thought that would be funny. So. That's fucking dumb. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best. Uh, anyways, that's been our show. Josiah, It's been great. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was nice to talk to you guys. I miss it you. Is. It was great talking to you, you too, man. I miss you too. Bye. Bye. We'll add David to the group chat. Bye. Yay. <laughs> Be safe. Wash your hands. Shaka, bro. Shaka, bro.